You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 128. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast, dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey, hey, folks, how are you all? So we are now officially, drumroll please, fully vaccinated. Yay! Which I'm pretty psyched about. It means life getting back to normal-ish. It's not like completely, you know, especially with the little lion in the house, she can't get vaccinated. Um, but we're vaccinated, man comes vaccinated. Mm-hmm. A man's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we, <laughs> when we went, I think we may have told the story about the first time, but like we went and we went to, um, uh, very, very far yeah, away. Yeah. Like <laughs> three hours away, three and a half hours away. And, and we got Moderna cause that's what was available. And you know, Moderna has the four week wait period. So then our son, like a week later, it was suddenly available like across the street at the Walmart. So he went and got his there mm-hmm. and got the Pfizer. And then because the Pfizer was only three weeks, he actually, at the end of it all, was fully vaccinated like a week after us. Uh, or no, a day, a after, day after us. us. A day and after And he us. didn't have to do the crazy... Uh, travel and Travel. Such. Although, to be fair, we didn't go very far to get the second one. We didn't. We, we got scheduled like right down the street, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it was... It wasn't pleasant. It was gnarly. Um... You know, it definitely knocked us on our butts for for a couple of days. And I'm someone who gets migraines regularly. And it definitely, definitely played with the migraines. But it's over and done now. Well, it is. But yeah, so we definitely, we definitely were sick. We were prepared this time. Well, I was not prepared to be that sick. We were more prepared than we were the first time. We had had a had a had a friend come over and and was like hang, hanging out with the baby while we were all dying, and I was dying, man. I the first couple days I was sick. It's funny. I like I just got like this aura ring, and it hasn't even like adjusted to me yet. Like, and it says motherfucker, you're sick. Wise. Yeah, and it was like I'd only had it for like two days, and I woke up the next morning after the vaccine. It's like your temperature is way up. You're sick. Like maybe don't do anything today. Actually, man cup was laughing because it's like, it's kind of snarky. It's like not every day was made for breaking records. Maybe today wasn't one of them, but I was like, well, fuck you. (laughs) And also it's totally not a day for breaking records. I feel like shit. Some passive aggressive ring, but so we were sick. We were pretty sick. I was I didn't sleep for like two days. I was like middle of the night sick, but it's over and done. Yeah. And I'm excited. Well, just in time, right? Because we're actually, we have to travel to Miami this week for a coaching conference. So, which was kind of what pushed the time frame on the vaccine, to be honest. 
Yeah, we were like, okay, so how many weeks? How many weeks? Because we okay. are not going to Miami. Yeah, we are not traveling unvaccinated. But yeah, we're going to be going and doing uh, a conference to help level up our coaching and stuff so we can help serve our clients even more. Yeah, I'm super excited. This is like going to be really fun. Really fun in terms of like a, and so much as any work trip and learning can be fun. But but learning and, and work is learning fun. Learning is fun. I like learning. I well, it depends learning. on the kind of person. I like learning. Yeah. Learning's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Well, and, and, and I'm really excited because we were, we actually have not gotten to go to one of these conferences live before um, because we have uh, a pretty high level coaching group that we're a part of. And the first big conference of theirs. Well, it's not even a, I say big conference, but it's a small group. But the first conference of theirs that we were going to be attending was the weekend the little lion was born. And we were like, that's a no, bad trouble. We know me. she's due like two days after the event. And thank God we didn't go because she little lion was, would have been born in a hotel in California. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually born during that event. Yep. So, and then ever since then it's been COVID. So stuff's been, mm-hmm. uh, cause usually it's like three, three trainings, like three, like several day trainings a year. And it's since then everything's been online. So this is actually I'm excited. It's a lot of time. First time I'm gonna get to meet a lot of people face to face. That's gonna be pleasant. It's also gonna be the first time I've been around a bunch of people face to face, and I don't know how long. So that's gonna be an interesting experience. It's gonna be like, yeah, I I said that like for me, I'm somewhere between like someone who's going through like phobias to like an animal that's been locked in a cage for like a year. Like part of me wants to go like rampant crazy and the other part of me is like oh god don't touch me don't breathe on me are you using a tissue so i'm really struggling to balance both of those things because like part of me is like oh my god people i want to see my people and then the other part of me is like stay away in your germs it's the it's it's like the just the adjusted level Mm -hmm. right that's something i've noticed because we've been quarantining pretty hardcore because we've been able to and that is something i've noticed is like for those of us who have been able to do that, because like, you know, we work from home or whatever, um, I've definitely over the last year, like, like you build up like an instinctive, like response where like you get uncomfortable if people are too close Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's like, if people are not in like social distancing range, that's going to be fun to try and like (laughs) work through. Yeah. Especially as I get more people in my social distancing range. (laughs) I'm just saying. So. I think it's time to hop into our topic. All right. So we are going to go ahead, and this is actually a really good topic. Um, And we were thinking about this recently because of an amazing client we had here who just recently graduated, um, but who came to us uh, in a place of being less than honest with their partner. And, you know, a lot of people who are in non-monogamy um, you know, unfortunately, and I'm not saying this to excuse it in any way, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times for a lot of people, the initial introduction to that is not necessarily honest or trusting, at least if they've been in a relationship for a long time before they really discover that they're non-monogamous or polyamorous, right? Because that can be another kind of breach of trust is non-monogamy is fine, but falling in love isn't. So, um, but, you know, just, just, had an amazing client who came through recently who just totally moved his relationship out of that space 
and into like awesome, thriving, happy, and turned out his partner was pretty happy with it too. So that's pretty good too. Um, but just got me, got me thinking about this topic because there's so many people in the spot. So we just wanted to cover like, you know, if you are in that spot where you are being less than honest with your partner and you want to start fixing the relationship, what do you do next? So without further ado, I think let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. So I wanted to wanted to hop on tonight and talk to you about a, a sticky situation um, and, and a question that maybe you're asking yourself. And that question is, I've listened to, to some stuff you guys have done, you know, I've listen to change about how to change my relationship and improving things. But what do I do if I'm cheating? And this is a question that we get. This is a question that pops up for us, whether it's here on Facebook, whether it's with people on, on breakthrough calls, right. And all those conversations that we have, what if I'm cheating? And Unfortunately, this isn't an uncommon question. And there's kinds of two things that happen. Sometimes this is somebody in a non-monogamous relationship or some kind of a non-monogamous relationship who's just, you know, broken trust on something that they aren't supposed to do. But more often where we see this is this question, it isn't those little breaches of trust, right? I'm going to focus on the bigger breaches. You know, these are people who... Maybe their partner doesn't know they're non-monogamous at all. Maybe, uh, or maybe they were non-monogamous, but, you know, then it was on hold. Or they don't have any existing agreements. And for all intents and purposes, like I said, like they're cheating. Like they have broken trust and they have no idea what to do. But they want to fix things. And this is, as I said, unfortunately not that uncommon. And you know, especially um, in people who went into a relationship with the understanding that, that relationship was going to be monogamous and then discovered that they were non-monogamous later, right? It isn't uncommon for us to see, like I said, like broken trust in those situations just because they, they didn't know how to have that conversation with their partner. They did, but they weren't able to get through it. And, and then they went ahead and did the thing anyways. And I'm not saying that to excuse it. I just want to be perfectly clear like there's no excuse for breaking trust but i am saying it isn't that uncommon and here's the problem right like if you're in that spot you are 110 percent between a rock and a hard place on the one hand you don't want to be dishonest typically at least not if you're here and if you are, go watch another video if you do want to be dishonest. Like, this isn't the video for you, right? You don't want to be dishonest, right? And, and, and doing that is, is causing you a lot of, of stress and a lot of pain. You know, whether it's because this just isn't the person you want to be. Like, you want to be ethical. You view yourself as an ethical person, as an honest person, as a good partner, and yet here you are acting in a way that that's conflicting to that. Or it is knowing 
that you're going to wind up hurting your partner when this comes out or whether it's carrying around that stress and that anxiety every day of worrying that you're going to get caught worrying about what happens when this does come up worrying what that does to your partner to your relationship but then at the same time not knowing how to solve it now now that you're already here you're already in the middle of this and and i just want to be clear like for those of you who are in this position where you have broken trust right and you are actively in that space i'm not here to convince you that you need to fix that need to be ethical and that it's costing you not to right like i said like if that's where you're at you need to go watch another video the reason i'm doing this video though is for the people who want to find a way out of this who want to get in a place of being in integrity with themselves of being that person and that partner and that human that they know they want to be that they know their partners deserve and they just don't know how to make that happen and there's really i find when i'm talking to people in this situation two big fears okay and the first is the obvious fear the first is the fear of how do i tell my partner how do I tell them I broke their trust? How do I tell them that I've been lying to them? How do I actually have that conversation? And for most people, that's, that's the thing in the front of their mind, right? And that's the obvious thing. But here's what I find as I go through conversations with people in this situation, what I find is that for that most people, the real fear, the deeper fear, the fear that they really don't know how to get past, the fear that is keeping them in this spot of inaction and continuing to be dishonest and feeling worse every day, isn't the fear of that initial discussion. That's definitely scary, right? And it's definitely like, oh my God, how do I do it? But that isn't the biggest fear. What I find that for most people is the biggest fear is what comes next? I have no idea how to navigate that. Once I bring this up to my partner, I have no idea how to move forward from here. Like I know that bringing this up is going to be devastating. And I realize that I have absolutely no idea, once I'm past that first conversation, what happens then. And here's the thing. That's a really legitimate fear, right? Because bringing up something like this is devastating, of course. Any kind of breach of trust is huge. I mean, it's difficult to repair, right? And that's not something that most people manage successfully on their own, but it gets more complicated than that because there's a few things that fall into this. The first, like I said, is just that, how do I rebuild the trust? And that's a big concern. But then there's other problems. There's other things here that I don't know how to navigate either. 
besides rebuilding the trust, how do I just fix the relationship? How do I fix the damage that, that, that this is going to do to our connection, to that love between us, to that partnership? How do I move forward into the future and have conversations with my partner now and like they want to check my messages, they want to look through my phone, they want to follow me around? How do I handle that? And, and for a lot of people, there's also this worry because when we typically see this, this kind of behavior, right, where there's been a reach of trust, it's because there's already something that's not working and typically something that you already couldn't work through before. That's how you wound up here, right? So maybe that thing is, I haven't felt loved and connected in this relationship in years, and I have no idea how to fix it. And now I don't know how to fix it, and the relationship's even more damaged, right? Or, like I said, for it's not uncommon for people to come to us who they discovered they were non-monogamous partway into a relationship in the way that they respond to that is by, you know, breaking trust or maybe trying to approach it with a partner. And then when that failed, then breaking trust. And for most of those people who are at that point, if they went to those lengths, this non-monogamy, this is part of like who they are as a person, right? This is something that they're going to need to be happy and fulfilled in life. And now here's the problem. Not only did I have no idea how to navigate transitioning this relationship to non-monogamy to begin with, right? But now on top of that, I broke my partner's trust. So not only do I have to do this thing that I never knew how to do before, but now it's even harder. And, and this goes for whatever, whether it's that, whether it is, you know, maybe the non-monogamy was there, but there were agreements that you, you could never come to the same ground on, so you broke. Whatever the case may be, right, there's almost always an underlying issue that you didn't know how to fix before, and now you, like, triply don't know how to fix because you threw the broken trust on top of it. And when you put all that together, it gives a really bleak picture of what moving forward looks like. And so for most people, what happens, even when they, they want to be honest, a lot of folks get paralyzed in the I don't know what to do now. And like I said, the biggest problem is that these are real fears. Like the, this isn't some, oh, just get over it, right? Like, you know, why don't worry about stuff you shouldn't worry about. Like these are real, legitimate, a lot of times relationship ending fears. Like I'm looking at this thing. I know I don't know how to do it. I know I don't know how to approach this. I know I now broke dressed on top of it and I have no idea. I bring this up to my partner. I have no idea now how to make this relationship work. And I know we're probably headed for losing each other. And I'm going to miss them. And I'm going to feel awful. I have no idea how to fix things. And a lot of people, that's where they get paralyzed. It's not just in that initial conversation, but it's in that what next. And is that you? Right? If you're in a spot where you, you've broken your partner's trust, is that you? Is this resonating with you? Do you have no idea what to do next? Right? Because if so, like I said, you're not alone. This is so, so common. And here's the thing. This is a place that we can help, right? We've deal fairly regularly 
with situations where trust was broken, you know, and a lot of times we deal with situations where trust was broken and, and maybe we're only working with the person who broke the trust, right? Because they need us in the groundwork and the ability to fix things before they can even broach us with their partner. Like these are problems that we tackle, rebuilding the trust, fixing the connection, renegotiating the agreements, moving a relationship that's closed to open. If that's what needs to happen, right? Like we can give you that what next. That's what we do. And we're happy to help you with that, right? But here's the thing. I'm going to, in a minute here, I'm going to put up a link where you can book a free call and we can talk about what's going on, where you're stuck, you know, what those fears and, and those facts are that, are keeping you paralyzed and keeping you from getting back into integrity and being that person that you want to be. I'm going to put up a link to book a free call in just a second, but here's what I want you to understand. This call, this is not for people, like I said, who need to be convinced that it's time to move into being ethical. This is not for people who aren't ready to be ethical. This isn't for people who want that to be an easy process and who aren't ready to take like ownership of what they've done and face the music, so to speak. And, do what they need to do to fix their relationship and fix the damage that they've caused. Right. I'm not looking to spend time convincing people of that Cassie's not looking to spend time convincing people of that. If that's where you're at, you've got more work to do, right? Don't bother booking a call. But if you're in a place where you want to move back into being ethical, where you want to move back to being that partner that you want to be that person you want to be, you want to move back into integrity, you want to be that person that your partners deserve, right? And you want to show up that way. And you're ready not only to face the uncomfortable situations, but to do the hard work to repair the damage that you've caused that you can move forward into the future with your relationship better than ever. Then we do want to talk. And here's the truth. It's never an easy path to fix something like this. It's not. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. And you know it, right? If you thought it was going to be easy, you would have done it already. You would have already had these conversations and moved past it. I'm not sitting here and I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But I can tell you this because I've seen it in the clients that we've worked with. And I want to take another step back here. And I can't promise you how your partner is going to react. Anytime you go into this, you go into it with an understanding that maybe your partner is not willing to move forward after this, or maybe they need some time. But you know that getting to a place where you're in integrity, where you're showing up as a partner you need to be, and let's just be frank, we're giving this relationship a chance because eventually it's going to come out, right, is worth it is worth doing everything you need to do to make it work and to move back into being that person that you you want to be and that you need to be, right? And here's the thing, like I said, it's not always the smoothest process, but here's what I can promise you, right? I can promise you that if you can do this work, if you can show up the way that you need to, and if you can come out the other side of this, it won't be easy. But at the end of that, Having not only that burden off your shoulders, that worry 
every day about what happens if your partner finds out, right? That, that nervousness, that anxiety that's weighing you down, that's eating you up. It's not just having that off your shoulders, but also understanding that you've come out the other side of this and not only come out the other side of this, but you have been able to move past not only the broken trust, but whatever problem it was that led you here in the first place, whether it is now that you're more connected, whether it is now that you've sorted out the you know monogamy, non-monogamy end of things, whatever the case may be, that's when you get to move forward into the future, having that relationship that you want and being the person that you want. And that's what makes it worth it. Okay. So if that's where you're at and if you're ready to do that and if you want that and if the only thing stopping you is not knowing how, how to get from here to there. It is not having a plan. Once you bring up this kind of, A, you know, for bringing up the conversation, but B, for once you bring up that conversation, how do you fix the relationship and the underlying problems and move forward? If that's what's standing in your way and you're ready to step up and be ethical and be in integrity and put, like I said, put in the work to fix the relationship, then we'd love to chat with you, Okay. You can go ahead, um, set up a free call with Cassie or I. You can go to a touchflavor.com forward slash talk. I'll pop something up on this here. Okay. And we'll dive in. Like I said, we'll talk to you about where you're at, what those places are that have you stuck, and come up with a plan to move you past. But like I said, only do this if you are ready to move out of where you're at and back into a place of integrity. Okay, so it's touchflavor.com forward slash talk. Let's dive in. Let's come up with a plan. Let's get you back to where you want to be. All right. And we look forward to talking with you. And we're here for you. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. One, two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You just literally stuck that in my mouth. <laughs> There's your blooper, Amanda. <laughs> you know that I don't like you just sticking things in my mouth. You need to ask first. I don't feel like I'm extended the same courtesy. No, that's because you're my bitch, not the other way around. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs>